go, okay, um, group of seven, it's hard not to be influenced by it, right? As somebody, either as an arts patron or arts appreciator or somebody who dabbles in making art, the group of seven is such a sort of indelibly stamped in the Canadian art psyche, I would say. Yes, uh, I would say uh, more so on the English yes. side. Good point, good point. Well, yeah, well, I was thinking that when I looked at your list, um, I don't remember seeing the automatistes on there, the, the Quebec action painting and that. That's very interesting stuff, too. Although maybe it was on there and I'm just forgetting. No, it wasn't. Well, that'd be an interesting thing to talk about as well, but we won't talk about that now because we're talking about white guys, white group of seven guys, <laughs> white Quebec guys. Well, I was, I was going to mention that a little bit anyway because you, when you think about those... Uh, seminal groups you you can't help but think about who are the ones who are your guys you know um yeah. so um my question is to you do you think that the group of seven is part of your guys are they your guys i you know i i i would say that um i would have a stronger connection to the quebec painters and the, i would say that the quebec painters have a stronger connection to kind of european and more um international influence in my mind and the group of seven I, I think Canada's always been a little bit behind the times they were sort of painting stuff from 50 years before it was popular because they were kind of they weren't they were you know dabbling in this sort of I don't even know what you would call it it's not really realism I guess it's kind of impressionism really um I mean and that's probably not what they would be called either do you, do you know what they're called the group of seven you would you call that almost impressionist um To me, it would be a sort of um, take on modernism, uh, but landscape modernism, even though they were um, sort of, I think they were trying to move away from modernism, but as you said, they're a little bit behind, so I think that maybe... Uh, their choice of color um, was expressionist, but I wouldn't... That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Sorry. You're closer to this uh, than I am. Well, if there was a realist, a modernist slash expressionist category that we could stick them in, that's where they would go. Well, the interesting thing, too, is that as I'm thinking about this now and thinking about what my impression and what is in my mind when I think of the group of seven, I think of very early material. And in fact, I think of pre-group of seven, I think almost of Tom Thompson, who of course was a big influence on the group of seven. But you can also take like Lauren Harris, for example, who didn't die until almost, I think 1970 or something like that. And he was still making paintings right up until the end of his life. And his paintings were very, they became very, um, very different than what You know, you think of as the group of seven as being these sort of classical landscapes. They really move forward into something else. And I guess uh, as I'm rambling here, I'm thinking that I never really did answer your question about whether I think of the group of seven as being someone that I really connect to. I do in a certain level because I think um, I really like the use of paint as a material that they do. And, and a, a close friend of mine, um, Jeff Wilmore, is a London painter here and he's very influenced by the group of seven and I spent a lot of time I've known him since I was quite young since I first moved to London and uh, his paintings he uses a lot of similar techniques in his small field sketches and he goes out and does field sketches he's very influenced by it and so I've had this kind of 
constant um, barrage of it throughout my my whole life, really. I mean, as I said, I met Jeff when I first moved to London in 1989, believe it or not, a long time ago. And uh, he's been very much part of my life in different capacities ever since then. And and uh, one of the people who would have uh, inspired me to become more interested in art when I was quite a bit younger and even into making art. And so I have a connection to it. But that said, it's not a style that I ever really tried to master myself when I was making paintings. I, I, I sort of jumped right into more abstract work because I, I think the tech, the, the technique involved, to be honest, is not something that I would probably be have the patience to master. <laughs> I know that's mm-hmm. not funny, but, but uh, boy, the technique is something. And I really appreciate that. And, and like I say, the use of paint, I like the way that they use a lot of palette knives and I like oil paint. If you ever go to the McMichael Gallery and look at them, they're really spectacular to see. And there's a lot of them actually at the ABO as well. So um, you were mentioning uh, a painter that was close to you that you knew in real life. And when I was thinking about the group of seven, I was trying to find when was my first time of, you know, being aware of them. Um, and it was when we moved to um, Sault Ste. Marie, because this this is the place, well, there's, there are many places in Canada where they painted, but here is one of the places that yeah, they I would, were. Yeah, I would say the northern the northern landscape is very, very much prominent in the seven paintings. Yeah, so I I first uh, came across them in 1996 with uh, Michael Birch. He he was teaching a class uh, on Canadian art, and that's when I I learned about them. But you remember, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, do you remember what your first impressions were of them? I mean, I'm not sure how far along you were in your art appreciation at the time. Was it something that you liked or was it something that you just sort of tried to figure out why someone would paint that? Well, or? at the time I was thinking, why more trees? Why, you know, like we've done that. We've been there, done that. You know, like why always uh, Canadian art, trees, 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 forest, 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 nature, 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 you know, all the time. Yeah, there is a little bit, a little bit of a kind of too much of that in a way. Um, yeah, I I have to agree. There's part of me that sees that side as well, but there's something about it that I still find compelling, even though I, I, I would say like to go back to what I started with, I think like to look at Baudelaire or, or, uh, Riopelle would probably be something that would be more, um, would resonate more with me, like for, for what I really like myself, but I still find those Cooper Seven paintings to be very captivating. Yes, well, that, I was going to get to that. Uh, my first impression was that, but of course, uh, with time, I learned to, and even now, just uh, talking about them, I went and looked at a few that I really loved. I found the Tangled Garden, which, uh, the Tangled Garden, sorry. That I really, really love uh, by McDonald. Right. Yeah, McDonald. They, they all have their their moments. I think I I probably couldn't name all of them. And there's actually other people that are sort of associated with them. There's more than eight. There was more than seven of them. I mean, Tom Thompson gets closely connected with them, and actually Emily Carr does as well. Yes. And uh, I, I love Emily Carr's paintings. I find more um, spiritual, I think, than anything like that. Well, that's not true, actually. Some of Lauren Harris's paintings. Lauren Harris is super spiritual. Yeah. His later paintings where everything became really kind of idealized, I find them, like you see those in the, 
I've seen them in the AGO. They had a whole big exhibition on them not that long ago, or maybe it was just a permanent part of their permanent exhibition. I don't remember, but I just remember one of his paintings, the larger ones, they weren't huge. They were probably like about, I don't know, four feet across by three feet high. These landscape paintings with beautiful colors and just like sending sort of shivers down your whole spine to look at them. There was just something about them that they just captured that, um, I don't know, you you can't even put words on it. Maybe there are uh, different ages of appreciating art at you know different times, and it's it's it. Some some art doesn't speak to you at a different age, and then you get to this age where you you look more towards nature or towards peace, or you know, and that appeals more to you. Who knows? You know. Well, I know when I first started noticing art, it was melting clocks. <laughs> oh yes, Salvador Dali. It was probably from from those illegal substances that were imbibed back in days of youth, right? But it's, it's and, so and that was something that I would have turned away from for a large part. And now, when I look back at it, I see its historical relevance, and I really I quite like it. Although it's not my favorite form of art, but surrealism is interesting. We probably have a we're supposed to both talk about that at a different time. But you're just reminding me of of the kind of process of, of appreciating art and how you go through this process of like, I mean, certainly I wouldn't have understood Riopelle, for example, or, or Bourdois uh, when I was in high school, I would have thought like a child could do that. Right. I, I wouldn't have known any better. And as you get older, I think, and as you actually try to do it for yourself, that makes a big difference. You realize that these things are actually you know, they're beautiful and, and there's a whole lot more to them than, than you can pick out as an 18 year old kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe some can, but not I couldn't. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, you were mentioning um, Jack. I'll go back. I'm go- going back to your uh, friend who who is was is an artist. Uh, yeah, just an artist. I'll. Uh... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So I was thinking um, about uh, the question of uh, the group of seven and. I was uh, going back to my roots in Quebec and uh, who were my guys when, you know, when I was in Quebec and um, my uh, parents really loved Jean-Paul Lemieux. I don't know if you know him. I don't know him. Was he uh, like an expressionist sort of style or was he an abstractionist? It's... um, it's still in the figurative, but I would say that you could take it uh, at an abstract level because what he does is he puts figures in the foreground against huge, 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 vast plains of snow. It's all about snow, and right, because Quebec's all about snow. Yeah, yeah. But- in an atmospheric kind of way. So Jean-Paul Lemieux was, was a big one, and uh, Jean-Paul Riopelle, and Alfred Pellin. Um, I know the name, but I don't know the word. And then the automatist Bordua is, was the main one of that group, and Riopelle was also part of that group. Those were my big ones. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be the Quebec culture for sure, because see, I wouldn't have known who those who those painters were until I was well in understanding and appreciating art. I knew a lot of it in a relatively short period, and um, at that time, I was that's when I was really discovering, and that probably would have been around the time that I would have discovered 
a lot of the Quebec painters like um, Riopelle and that and, and that sort of thing. I, you know, it would have spoke to me right away at that point because again, hmm. the material you just see that paint just rolling off the. I, I think some of those Quebec paintings are probably still drying to this day. You know, there's so much paint on them. It was actually a problem in, in with the restoration of some of them because they were they they were sort of cracking because they were still wet paint. I believe it, yes. Like at least ten years ago now. Yeah. But anyway. So yeah, that's it's interesting the way the the circuitous sort of route that you can end up taking to get to where you are and and yet I think the group of seven is something that even as somebody who would have had, I mean, you would have been immersed very much in mm. the other culture, of course, because that's where you grew up, right? But I think, you know, at some point, if you're making art in Canada, you will notice that stuff. And I guess you could be stubborn and ignore No, it. yeah, <laughs> no, you're totally that. right. But the the well, thing is, in Quebec, people would probably would go towards either England, Turner, um, or France, uh, Matisse, um, Cubism, you know, uh, or New York, um, pop art, Warhol, Warhol, or all these people, rather than look at Canadian art, you know. Uh, I'm being cynical, but... Yeah, because it's still, yeah. it's still, I know what you're saying, and, and the, as I was saying earlier, I think Quebec is... Um, more forward-looking and more ahead of the rest of Canada when it comes to many of those sorts of cultural things they always have been. And it's largely, I think, the, um, to me anyway, I mean, what do I know? But uh, to me, it seems that it's the, the connection to, wanting to maintain that connection to Europe. And I know when I go to Montreal or when I go to Quebec City, I, to me, it feels more like being in Europe than being than anywhere else that I've ever been in Montreal. Yes, so um, I, I went uh, because... I was trying to think about Canadian art and Canadian artists um, that would be known uh, across Canada. So because I, I knew that I had my group of painters and that only maybe a very few of people that are like you very interested in the arts, they would know them a little bit, but not a lot, you know. So I was trying to think, okay, so I'm going to go and try to find what are the top 10 easily recognizable pieces of art. And uh, let, let's let check if you you know them. I still think of Danby. Danby, yeah. Danby. I still think of Danby. I mean, which is kind of funny, but it's probably, I'm sure, more recognizable. Okay, do you know Michael Snow? You have? Oh yes, I've actually met Michael Snow. Yeah, yeah. He was. He used to come to London for. Uh, there used to be a music festival that, or a kind of a noise music festival that used to happen here. And a, a good friend of mine who um, I have sort of lost touch with, but but was a good friend of mine while he was living in London, Ben Portis, uh, used to put on this festival, and and he had Michael Snow come a couple of times. He played with this group called CCMC, which was like Michael Snow. And John Oswald and this guy who did vocal stuff named I think Paul Dutton was his name. But anyway, I, 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 so I met him once. Not for That's very pretty long. awesome. My 
Well, Mike, yeah, Michael Snow is he was in, he's a really important figure in Canadian art too. Like he did a lot of interesting stuff in the '60s, like that Walking Woman series. And I, I don't know too much about him beyond that, and I know that he's like he's done music stuff, and I, I assume he's still alive. Do you know about his uh, piece called Flight Stop? I don't the think I know that one. Center? I might know it to see it, but not by name. <laughs> oh yes, I think I have seen that one. Yeah, okay, I think I have seen that one. Yes, yes. Brian Jurgen. Brian Jurgen, I know that name, but I can't picture what his um prototype for, for new for. understanding. Do you know that? <laughs> no, that's not familiar to me. I do I uh, know that name. Is he a seventies or sixties artist? Yeah. Uh, oh, so Haida Gwai okay. by Bill that's Reed. My... Reed, yes, I know that name as well, but I'm not sure that I know that painting. Are these yes. ones that are, that are well known? Um, it's across even Canada? on our money, them. I think. Yeah. Is that right? It's the That's it's a... people in a boat. Uh, they're Haida people in a boat. And that's yeah, on maybe the back so. of like the five dollar bill or something like that. Yeah. But he's obviously a native artist. Or what's his name? Norville Morrissey. He's about the only. I don't. I like that stuff when I see it, but I don't. Um, I don't know very many of the artists. Oh, make it, you're but I, thinking I like the of uh, Nor like Norval Morrissey, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's his name, right? I, I like his work on a I, I'm not that familiar with uh, um, a lot of Aboriginal art. I like it. I like it when I see it, as I say. But I think, how about uh, I, Jeff I, names, Wall? I, I bet you know Jeff Wall. Jeff Wall. Apparently, Jeff Wall's not Canadian, is he? I didn't know that. Well, he would have made. He would have got famous yeah. in New York. Like he made like uh, he's a photographer, right? Yeah, and he made like these scenes, like these crazy, like hyper realistic scenes that he would like almost diorama things that he would photograph, and it was really cool. I didn't know he was Canadian. Actually, that's interesting. I, I'm pretty sure he would have been, um, he's probably born in Canada, but I imagine he made his career in the U.S. because I think he was connected to New York or possibly L.A. He teaches I, I don't know that in Vancouver. Him, maybe I do he's, know him. He's now Canadian. Oh, I wonder. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if maybe it's the other way around where he moved to Canada after the States. But yeah, he's, he's, he's an interesting artist. What do you think I, I've about this? I mean, I, I looked at, um, uh, at an auction site, which was the, the single piece of art, artwork that um, fetched the most money, and it was a Paul Kane um, painting that fetched five million dollars. And then second to that was a Jeff Wall fo photograph. That yeah, interesting to me. I don't oh, know who Paul Kane is. He was uh, like, um, you know, one of those um, people that traveled along with the train and, and, and made lots of drawings of of uh, First Nation people and uh, he's in the National Archives and so how about The Bottled Condor by Paul-Emile Bordua Paul-Emile Bordua do you know this one? No, I, no see I wouldn't know the, the I wouldn't know the name of the painting, but certainly we've talked with him already. I know him. 
and I probably have, I have seen the not, painting. So I did not know about it. How about um, we mentioned Emily Carr? Now, how about Alex Colville? Alex Colville, yeah, he was a hyper realist. He was from he's he, he was yes. a East Coast painter, I believe. Um, how about, okay, Jean-Paul Riopelle, we talked about him. Okay, so this was the, the top 10 list of, uh, known Canadian artists. Um, now maybe we should, uh, mention the, the group of seven who they were. <laughs> so yeah, I was, let's see, let's see if we can name them all, Mark. Uh, no, no, I can't do that. I can name, I, I, if I had maybe a pen and paper in front of me, I could do that. Okay, well, there's Carly. There's Jackson. <laughs> uh, my pen just died as if it wants me to only know two of them. There's, um, Katie Sinclair. Um, I'm not very good at Lauren Harris, of course. Who's McDonald's, we, we mentioned him. Jack, Jack, We're Paul, missing yeah. three. Uh, I said Burley, Jack, Burley, Jackson. Um, Carmichael, Jackson, do you know him? Uh, Carmichael, yeah. Hoagie Carmichael? No, wait a minute. Franklin. And Franklin, yeah. Franklin Carmichael and, and Arthur. Lismer. <laughs> They're all Frank. Arthur. <laughs> Frank Carr. Oh, that was Emily Carr. And then the last one, guess what? His name is Frank yeah. Johnston. Frank Johnston. I knew there was a Frank in there. I told you. Well, actually, there are two Franks because you can count Franklin Carmichael as Frank. Right, right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So that's I was I was hedging my bets. I had a chance of two of I seven. I went um, to look. Um, I don't know why I have this obsession with um, uh, how much money paintings are being sold for, as if as if it had uh, yeah, you know kind of an incidence on how good it is, which it doesn't. Well, but it does. Have, it is sort of interesting just to see what what happens with the open market on some of these things and. With people who have uh, arguably more money than cents in some cases, but but whatever. I mean, that's what these things are worth. They're one of a kind items, and and somebody's got the money to buy it, and they jack they jack the prices mm, up. Yeah. Well, I was um, pleasantly surprised to find that um, uh, one of the painters eleven, my one of my favorite ones, Kazuo Nakamura. Oh, I yeah, I love the paintings. The blue he is. Um, he yeah. just sold one for seventy six thousand dollars. And he's is he still alive? So, oh, I bet you, I bet you his have sold for more <laughs> than that. I bet you his have sold for more than that. I I don't know that for sure, but so I was um I was also thinking um. Uh, about the idea of going beyond, beyond, moving beyond the group of seven, and do you think that it's even uh, necessary, you know, to 
to to distinguish yourself from a group you know like okay I'm going to be a painter now and I'm not going to paint like this you know <laughs> the group of one menage <laughs> yeah no I, I get that but I think there was something historically significant about those people and I don't think they were necessarily even trying to be in a group necessarily I think it was just I know that, um, like my friend Brian was, um, you know, he was involved with some, with painters in the, in the Toronto area, some of which my, um, like, uh, Gorman was one of them. There's a few of them that are sort of a little bit famous. They're nothing like the Painters 11, but there's some of them are somewhat connected to the Painters 11, like Jack Bush, for example. I know painting. him. You know, wow. was, yeah, I think he was considered a Painters 11. I'm not even certain of that. But see, his a close friend of, of my friend Brian's uh, was Alex Cameron, who is another sort of somewhat minorly famous Canadian artist, an artist that at least makes a living at it, right? But he was actually Jack Bush's studio assistant for a long time. And I guess I'm rambling, but um, there were sort of these groups that just tended to form naturally. And I don't think it was necessarily about like saying, I'm going to paint like this and be part of this group. I think it was a little bit more organic than that. But I know what you're saying, though. I, I can see that um, the influence uh, and the camaraderie and the exchange of ideas, how it, um, it creates a sense of community and artists crave that. They need to be with other people while creating. It's, it's, it's a form of collaboration almost, you know, like when you go plein air painting and I, I love to go with my friend Katie. Oh, we've been going for, I think this will be our third year, just out and uh, sketching or painting. And I think that's a wonderful thing to do. Um, but I'm not sure where I was going with that. Do you, oh yeah, about your style, you know, like um, this idea that uh, you must distinguish yourself from other people but aren't they part of us somehow because I know that I love to paint uh, I did many paintings of forests where trees are dancing and it's all lively and fun no but again I'm painting trees <laughs> why the hell am I painting trees <laughs> It's a sickness because you have too much yeah, area. Well, I don't know. I think with the group of seven to come back to that, I think that was pretty early in Canadian history, and it kind of makes sense to me that there was this group. And I think that would have inspired something like Painters Eleven. But I don't know. You bought that book when you were here, and I don't know how much of it you've read. I don't know that much about them as a group. I know some of the individual artists, and I like a lot of their works. However, I'm wondering, um, was that a term that was maybe coined like a bit later on in their career or was that something where they said we need one more guy we've got a uh, ten of us I don't know you know we can't be the painters ten that doesn't sound yeah, good we want to be the painters eleven alright I'll, I'll read sure. about that I mean I'm just not sure how these things end up happening or, or and again even when you look at group of seven look it up and they you know the Tom Thompson always gets included and he was dead before they even were 
first started, really. Um, you know, he didn't really have a very long career, and his paintings are very similar, clearly a big influence, and Emily Carr as well, and her paintings are more, like you were saying earlier, more spiritual. I think they're a little bit different, but they're still connected connected to landscape painting and I guess connected somewhat to na the Native kind of experience in, in uh, the Western Canada. I see what Canada, you're saying. Like, um, it, it's more uh, the, the name or the idea of that group is, is a construction uh, by art historians. Is that what you're saying? I wonder. I don't know that. I'm not sure when the when the name would have come up. I I mean it's I I guarantee they didn't say let's get together mm. and call ourselves the group of seven. They maybe got called that by critics or something, and it's and they thought hey that's cool, you know it gives us something that we can go by. Or maybe they just never even paid any attention to it. I I really don't I don't know that much about it. And I have a big fat book on them too. It's still packed. Since I moved, I haven't uh, unpacked my books yet, so I don't really have anywhere to put them just yet. But I, I many, a few years back as a Uh, Christmas gift. I got a really nice Group of Seven coffee table book that I can sort of drool over every once in a while. I, I like I say, it's not my, it's not completely what I connect with, but for some reason I, I think still that's connect what it. it is, <laughs> and maybe that's all okay. You know, it's it's part of the continuum. I think it's, I think it's okay, and I think it's okay as I get older to 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 recognize and appreciate. Talent. Like, I, and I appreciate that more than I would appreciate some of the things that I see that people that don't really pay that close attention to art, for example, would say. Like, I, I see like things on, for example, Facebook. That's the best place to look for mm. information, of course. And I'll I'll see people like having like this is an amazing artist, and they'll have something where they'll show somebody like this time lapse photography. I saw this recently of a guy drawing a super hyper realist drawing of a bottle yes, of yes. vodka. Yes, yes, I posted that on uh, my uh, drawing group. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's amazing to see, but to me, that's not, like, to me, the, the whole idea of art and what you're trying to do, it's not, that's like, you're, in, at that point, you're not, There you're almost you an go. illustrator at that point. That's not know? art. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah, that's not art. No, but I, it is art. It is, and I'm not taking away that. Whoever did that has an incredible amount of talent not that they don't it's just that i think that people that see that and immediately associate that with talent they don't see all of the other things that you need to have talent in to be an artist in terms of being able to have a vision of what it is where it is that you're going with your kind of body of work that you're doing and your ability to use materials and your ability to be innovative and your ability even just to have a sense of color you know? i'm There's totally so much with to you it. mark but At the same time, not even you gotta admit, that. it's kind of fun to look, you know, when you... Oh no, to look at that stuff like that? It's oh yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with that kind of stuff. I don't mean to pretend that I don't like it or I don't think it's good. It's just, I think, in a way, that sort of level of art draws away from a lot of the things that... But you know, that's not fair to say either. It doesn't really draw away from it. What it does is it gives people an introduction. And if people are going to be interested in art, they're probably going to take that to another level. And eventually they're going to appreciate um, Riopelle or they're going to appreciate oh Jackson Oh my goodness, Paul. you're totally right. Well, hopefully. I mean, some people, maybe they'll never do that and they'll just think a child could do that. And But seriously, you've made art. You know what it's like. You try making a Jackson Paul no, painting. Can't. It's not I, that you easy. Know. It's in his hand. Oh, it's, it's all in his hand. You, nobody can do it. 
why is it that when you look at one of his paintings, and for example, you look at a um, real pal painting, which are somewhat similar, that you can obviously tell the mm -hmm. difference between them. Like, you know what I mean? If you could look at, you could have a probably five of each of them in front of you, and you could say that's Pollock, that's real pal, that's Pollock, that's Pollock, that's real even though they're a very similar style, because there's still something that is very personal about the way that that comes out. And I think maybe to bring that back to the group of seven, I think that's what I like about those painters, are they really did have a, a really strong sense of um, ability to really express themselves. And again, those paintings, a lot of them are quite similar, but and I don't know them well enough that I could say that's A.Y. Jackson. I can't even name them. Well, I had to look <laughs> them up, too. I mean, I, I could name about four, but I... Johnston? I, I don't don't remember him. Yeah, I know them all because I have that book and I actually I I recognize like the names and the works. It's just under pressure I know where I'm gonna go with so, When you think, think about early, early. now, let's say, um artists that you feel that are um uh, representative of Canadian the Canadian you know, I don't know what to call it. Um, you immediately think Canada, aside from the group of seven, aside from uh, the uh, automatist or the greats, like aside, who now, like that would be from the 21st century when you think Canadian, who do you think of? Uh... I'm trying to remember his name. See, my problem is you're kicking me a little bit off guard because I, I, I'm not as immersed in it as I once was. You should have had this conversation with me five years, eight years ago. <laughs> I'm taking was... you off guard with my questions. Just think about it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of some modern Canadian painters that I know and I can picture their work. And I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember his name. And, uh, he's somebody who's quite successful and it's not necessarily somebody who I think you would recognize the name because I mean I don't know in, in Canada it's really difficult and I mean anywhere really it's really difficult but it's, I think it's even more difficult in a way in Canada than it would be in a lot I of places. I would say some, somebody that I just met recently um, I don't know if you know her Agonitha Dick uh, she's, she's from London she's right? From London? Uh, the lady that of. gets uh, the stuff covered in um, beeswax. Uh, okay, I'm I think wondering. She's from uh, uh, yeah, might be right. I'm probably thinking of somebody whose name is Agneta. Oh, <laughs> she's she's been around since the seventies, but she's not. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know the name, but you're right. It's not who I'm thinking of. She's really interesting because she I've, lets the bees to do the work almost. Yeah, I saw her work at um, the uh, gallery here in London about maybe yeah. four years ago. I remember seeing that now. So that she uh, crochets all kinds of weird uh, sculptural shapes and. She uh, puts sweaters in in the dryer and and shrinks sweaters and she she shrinks all kinds of uh, sweaters and toques and um, she puts buttons in jars. And she's really cute. 
I remember seeing a lot of this sort of installation stuff. She's quite, uh, yeah, quite innovative. She's, I don't know, maybe seventy something now. Yeah. I, I remember being impressed with her. An artist I'm thinking of, that is a Canadian artist who I've also met, actually, is a guy named Oh, Harold you're going to have to put um, uh, web, a link in, in our page, in our Facebook page. Yeah, he's, he's a guy who uses an awful lot of paint. That's what I remember with him. But, you know, he's another guy who has a connection to music and was in this... Um, Actually, he was in a, uh, he played with a bunch of these Newfoundland guys that called themselves the Black Ox, like the bird. And I saw them play and he played, he played some kind of guitar or something with them. And I, and I met him and I remember knowing his paintings because there's a, uh, one of the big art dealers here in, in, in London, um, Jens Steelson had a, an exhibition of his and I was really impressed with it because again, he uses like 10 pounds of paint per square foot. With me himself. But uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try to remember to write. I'll, I, actually, I wrote it down, so I don't have to try to remember. I wrote it down and you can. I think I, I like that you put that uh, Facebook page up because I think it's, um, it's a good way to kind of expand the conversation. And uh, well, I'm not sure who's ever going to, going to listen to us, hopefully, some people, and maybe they'll be inspired to take a look at some of the things that we're talking about. And I think there's a lot of kind of landmark pieces as you go through and you're editing this down, maybe make, you know, talking about like Michael Snow and the walking woman and what was the one, the flight stop, yes. called, the one in the Eaton Center. And, you know, there's probably good images of that out there that you could put up for people I'm sure. And, and for me too, because I'm trying to remember that one. I'm sure Definitely. That, that will be done. Hey, I was just looking up, incidentally, the uh, most recent painting that sold for the most was a Gauguin painting I saw that. that sold for $300 yes. million. Dollars. <laughs> that is, but I mean, that's, you're buying a piece of history at that point. And I mean, there's some people that just have so much money that they can do it's, that. Uh, you know, that it's you only going to go up me or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, yeah. Something about Mary. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, I recognized it, but I didn't know that it was called. Often I don't know the names of paintings, it's but I know It's incredible. Now this this topic I think will be interesting. We'll we'll keep thinking about that because that really oh I know the the word I was looking for that French word it's called provenance. The provenance of a painting okay. who owned it before and the whole history of the painting. Oh, kind of, yeah, I yeah. think in English you'd call that almost a pedigree. Oh. You never know what we can spark. I, I'm just hoping that all these people around me that um, have things to say, and that's the thing about being in an arts program, is that we get to do a lot of art, but we don't really get the chance to sit down and talk about it because our professors are busy talking about it, and we don't really unless we're writing a paper or we're presenting, when we present our art, we can talk a little bit about it, but it's usually very awkward and difficult because you're talking about your own work. So you don't get the the chance to uh, 
the privilege and advantage of of just shooting the breeze with somebody, you know? So I'm... I think there's a risk of those sorts of things of it becoming a little more academic than you might want it to be, you know what I mean? Um, I think, you know, you want to... I think it's nice to be able to have a loose conversation about that sort of spins off of itself such as we're having as opposed to a formal something that you're being evaluated on, you're talking about your own work and what inspired you to do it, and you can talk a little bit about maybe some other things that may have influenced you in that process, but it, it, it comes across as different than just a conversation. But I think it's um, so important to be able to talk about the people that it, influence you or that you love or... Yeah. Why, like you, you talk with somebody like you, like you bring me all kinds of sculptures, and you know, I've I've never been really attracted to big steel <laughs> sculptures, but well, you love them, and that's kind of neat because you're bringing that aspect to me. Yeah, I went to Chicago when I was uh, quite a bit younger, and that really turned me on to big sculptures. There's a lot of big sculpture in Chicago, but anyway. Um, I don't know. I was lucky. I, I had those two friends that I've mentioned, Brian and Jeff, that I've had. I've I've been immersed in art conversation for like like almost 20 years now, to be honest. So, I, not that I have it as much as I'd like now. So this is nice for me to, to get back into it. And like I I, I feel like uh, I said I'm I'm not remembering all of the things. Like I'm thinking of some contemporary Canadian artists, and I can see the works, but I can't remember the artist names because I'm just not that close to it anymore. But but uh, this this will spur my memory and maybe make prevent me from going completely insane. <laughs> okay, well we're gonna continue this kind of wonderful con conversation. So thank you very okay, much, we'll Mark. Talk, thank you. We'll talk again next on hopefully on Sunday. And if, if for whatever reason we can't do that, it'll be very close. Okay, merci beaucoup. Thank you very okay. much. Bye. Yeah, good night.